0: KYW News Radio, original podcasts.
1: This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Carol McKenzie. Have you put off getting health screenings or going to the doctor because of the pandemic? Apparently, a lot of you are, and doctors are very concerned about this because delaying care can lead to devastating consequences. The Journal of the American Medical Association has released a study, and there are some troubling statistics in it. They looked at six of the most common forms of cancer, and during the pandemic, they found that weekly numbers have fallen more than 46 percent for all six cancers combined. For breast cancer, new cases are down nearly 52 percent from this time last year. The article also cites one study that suggests a potential increase of nearly 34,000 excessive cancer deaths in the United States because of this pandemic. In this episode of In Depth, we're going to talk to U.S. News and World Report's credit card expert Beverly Harzog about the importance of getting screened, how to get free screenings if you can't afford one, and strategies for dealing with medical debt. So we've spoken several times now about uh, surviving the financial impacts of the pandemic, but today you have a very personal story to share with us about your battle with breast cancer, a horrible recurring infection post-surgery, and the financial Mm -hmm. impact of all of this. So we have several things to talk uh, about today, and you also have some advice that will help really anyone who's facing a mountain of medical bills. But the first question I really want to start with is,
0: how are you doing? How are you feeling? And, and, and uh, I am doing great, Carol. <laughs> uh, I'm getting regular checkups, uh, even during the pandemic. You know, I found at the beginning of the pandemic, I was um, kind of hesitant to go out and get my checkups. But it's very important for someone like me to, you know, uh, get regular checkups and, and make sure everything's okay. And honestly, right now, I feel better than I've ever felt in my life.
1: Well, that is fantastic news. I have to say, when I read your story, story, I was shocked at really the medical hell you have been through here.
0: It was very difficult. Uh, You know, when I first got uh, that infection, I was so sick. It was so scary. And I wasn't really thinking clearly, you know, because of the fever. But I was so fortunate that I wasn't by myself. My husband was with me. So he got me to the ER that day. And, you know what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. <laughs> so <laughs> in this case that that is so true. <laughs> so can you walk us through a little bit through your story
1: here? When were you diagnosed? And and the reason I'm asking is because you really have an important message to share with women about about what happened and the importance of getting
0: screened. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, it's so important. And, you know, what reminded me to get a mammogram was my Facebook friends. Several of them had just recently been diagnosed with breast cancer, and they shared their stories. And I thought, hmm, you know, it's been a couple of years, actually. I hate to say that, but, you know, you get caught up in your life. Everything's going fine. You just tend to forget about preventive measures you're supposed to be taking. And so that reminded me to get checked. And I didn't go because I had found it. Any issues. You know, I just thought, oh, mm-hmm. time for my checkup. You know, I'm, I'm behind. And so I was shocked when, uh, you know, they, they pulled me into another room after my mammogram and so said, we need to do a little more, you know, uh, You know, a little more detailed mammogram because we found something that's suspicious. But I still was optimistic. (laughs) I'm just an optimistic person by nature. And I thought, oh well, there's anything there. You know, I've gotten the, you know, you have dense tissue letter before, (laughs) so I figured it was something like that. So when they, you know, they told me I needed to get a biopsy, you know, I was pretty, I was pretty shocked, but I. I was still optimistic it would probably be benign, but I went through with it. And that's the important thing. You have to follow up. I have a family history, so I really shouldn't have gotten so, you know, relaxed about my uh, mammograms and checkups. Uh, So especially, you know, if you're over 40, um, you know, but if you have a family history, even if you're under 40, you know, talk to your doctor about what you need to do in your specific case.
1: And we're going to get to that in a bit, the the screenings that are available. Um, But the other thing that was shocking is after your, you know, after the surgeries for Mm -hmm. your breast cancer, you found Mm -hmm. yourself battling a horrible infection.
0: I did, Carol, Um, you know, I had a high fever, uh, horrible pain. I mean, I, I couldn't stand up without screaming. It was that bad. And it came on me so suddenly. I knew I hadn't felt well for days. I'd even called my doctor, but the symptoms were pretty mild, you know, for a MRSA infection. And then all of a sudden, I woke up that Sunday morning, and I couldn't stand. It was the pain was just almost unbearable. And as soon as I got to the ER, they, you know, they looked at me and said, okay, you have a MRSA infection. We're going to test for it, but we can see this. that's what's going on. And so I was immediately admitted and put in isolation. And uh, I was in the hospital for about five days, okay, and this is only 10 days after I had breast cancer surgery. And during that time, I was on IVs uh, 24-7. And I had to have surgery again to sort of wash out the infection. It was really a devastating period of time for me. And I'm just, I'm I'm very grateful to have made it through that.
1: And then at the end of it, now you're dealing with a mountain of medical bills.
0: That's right. Yes. And, you know, I'm one of the fortunate ones, actually. I mean, my my bills, you know, totaled well over $200,000. But fortunately, I had really good insurance. I still, though, had several, several thousand that I had to pay uh, out-of-pocket expenses. I had an emergency fund that helped me survive that. But honestly, I still get bills. I got a bill for anesthesia a couple of weeks ago for $1,200. I'm like, what? (laughs) So uh, unfortunately, when you go through a major medical crisis like this, you know, uh, reminders of how much you still owe keep popping up and you have to be very organized and stay on top of it and talk to your insurance and make sure, you know, that they've paid all they're going to pay.
1: And sometimes you go to um, a hospital that is in-network and then mm-hmm. you get a bill for the doctors at the hospital who are out of network. That's happened.
0: Yes, that is so true. I mean, that is what is so tricky about insurance. And, you know, for anybody listening, it's so important, you know, even if you're in network, to check and make sure that the professionals they bring in to help you, like the anesthesiologist, mm-hmm. Make sure that they're covered also by your insurance, a part of that group, or find out how much it's going to cost you out of pocket. And this just this means you're going to have to ask your provider a lot of questions up front. And I really did not do that. If I had to go through this again, hopefully never again, but should I ever have to, you know, I would ask a lot more questions up front. I just made an assumption that my good insurance would cover just about everything, except for my uh, deductible. And, you know, I was wrong about that.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people cost is a big reason that a lot of people mm-hmm. are avoiding it. And now, of course, in the middle of a pandemic, a lot of people have lost jobs. A lot of people have lost coverage. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, U.S. News and World Report, you guys did a survey, a recent survey about that. And um, mm-hmm. you found that, Uh, 44% of respondents have postponed seeing a doctor because of the high cost.
0: Yes, that is correct. And, and, you know, that's a very scary number, uh, particularly when you're talking about, you know, breast cancer, uh, because, you know, there's been an upward trend of breast cancer cases uh, over the years. So, I mean, this is something that you really can't put off. And I think right now we're seeing people delay, you know, because of the possible cost. And, you know, so many people have had a bad year financially because of the pandemic. Many people have lost jobs. You know, they've had their salaries cut. You know, they're really just trying to hang on. And I know, speaking as a parent, you know, if you're going to put your money anywhere, you're going to make sure your kids get care. And so I just want to encourage women everywhere to, you know, do what it takes to, you know, try to, you know, uh, keep up with your checkups.
1: And, f- and, and on that note, Beverly, you know, there are resources, right, for people, for women who might have poor insurance coverage or no insurance coverage.
0: Yes, that that's correct, Carol. You want to be sure that you contact uh, your state and see what they can provide for you. There are programs uh, for uh, getting preventive, you know, care such as getting mammograms. Um, you know, um, based on your income and, uh, you know, and and based on your risk. So it's very important that you look at all the resources available. And, yes, you know, there still might be uh, some people that fall through the cracks, uh, but do what you can. Find out what you can uh, to be sure that uh, you're getting all the care you can possibly get.
1: And at the end of this podcast, for those of you who need that information, I will have some phone numbers to call if you need to get screened, either cervical cancer screening or breast cancer screening, numbers you can call if you Mm can't afford it. Um, So, Beverly, let's move on then to how, uh, you know, how you handle these large medical bills that maybe you Mm can't pay. I mean, the one thing, because you are you and you have your emergency (laughs) fund, you know, I mean, because we've we've talked about that before and you've talked about how important it is to have that emergency fund. Mm -hmm. So, you had that, it still took kind of a big bite out of it, your out of pocket expenses.
0: Oh, yes, it certainly did. Uh, and some of that, as, I, you know, as I've already mentioned, was like really caught me by surprise, you know, and I'm an expert. Right. <laughs> so, you know, but I'm willing to admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, you know, I did have my emergency fund. I did not want to drain my emergency fund, though, uh, with all of these bills. So as my bill started coming in, and I wish I had done this on the front end, honestly. Uh, so for those listening, here's a, a very important tip. When you know you're going to go through this, see if you can negotiate the cost up front. Check in to see how much your insurance is going to pay. And you can ask for a cash discount if you've got an emergency fund. Okay, because, you know, the insurance company... Uh, you know, bills the provider, but the pro- the provider works out a deal with the insurance company. They're going to pay less than what the insurance company bills them for. Okay, mm-hmm. so keep that in mind, and that's a good negotiating tool for you to have. Uh, you know, you can negotiate the costs down, but even if you don't have you know cash to uh, to uh, to, uh, to use as leverage, you know, you can still negotiate a payment plan on a lower bill. You know, basically, they want to. make Make sure that you're going to pay some of this you know they realize and they even have you know empathy for folks who are have these huge medical bills uh, and they just want to be sure you know that they work with you you know if you're willing to pay for some of this mm. and it could be that you're going to be paying for a long time but if you can get it down to a cost you know that isn't going to uh, negatively impact your ability to pay your bills and to live a reasonable life, mm. uh, you know, they're going to work with you on that.
1: Okay. One of the first things you say that uh, you did was get organized. And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, anyone, even if, you know, even if you don't have these, this amount of medical bills coming in, you know, you just go for one thing and you're getting bills from the, you know, maybe the hospital bills from the doctors mm-hmm. and then your insurance statements. And it's hard to kind of reconcile everything.
0: Oh, it is. And I set up old-fashioned paper files (laughs) and labeled them uh, because there were so many bills coming in from so many different sources. And, uh, you know, another benefit of organizing your bills is that you have a chance to look at them to see if they appear accurate. Uh, Errors do happen, and you don't want to get stuck paying for services that you never received or for products you didn't get, you know, just medications. So, you know, that's a benefit for doing that. That. And it also helps you keep track of what the insurance says they're paying for and what they're not, because the last thing you want to have happen is, you know, missing a bill that you're supposed to pay and have it end up on your credit report, because it will be stuck there for quite a while. And so you want to be sure that you catch these things early okay. and, you know, work out something with your provider. Got you. So, organize and
1: review, ask for cash discount, try to negotiate the cost based on what insurance actually would pay out for the, the procedure. Then what, what else, so you
0: go through that, what else can you do? Mm-hmm. What are your other tips? Okay. There is a, a credit card called a care credit card, and you could apply for these you know, at your health provider's office. Now, I have, you know, I have to caution you about this. It can be a really good thing if you can pay off your bills during the 0% uh, interest rate period that they're going to give you. But at the end of that period, if you still have a big balance, your interest rate on the balance is going to jump really high, like around 26%, 27% the last time I checked. So that's only a, uh, an option to consider if you can pay it off pretty quickly. Now, another option... when we're talking about a 0% APR is with a regular credit card. And if you've got still got great credit, you should be able to get, you know, a purchase APR, you know, of 0% for about 12 to 18 months. Uh, And then you will have to pay a higher rate at the end of that. But it's you know, if you've got great credit, you're probably going to beat the interest rate on the CARE credit card. Another option, if, you've, if you're already in debt and you still have great credit, is to get a 0% balance transfer card. Okay, And this is where you transfer your debt to a 0% balance transfer card, Uh, the time period that you'll pay zero interest usually goes from about 12 months to about 21 months. So that's an option if you're already in debt. And finally, something I can suggest, let's say you're in debt, you don't have great credit, you can't get approved for the APR purchase, you know, uh, 0% APR um, on a purchase uh, credit card or a balance transfer credit card, you can always look at debt consolidation loans. And this is going to help you, you know, bring in the bills from the different providers and put it on one Uh, debt consolidation loan, Uh, your interest rate will probably be lower than with a credit card. uh, And this will be like an installment loan. So you can, you know, do some research. There's all kinds of, um, you know, loan comparison websites out there where you can find the best rate for your specific circumstances Mm -hmm. and pay a monthly installment loan on that. And that gives you some Uh, you know, some, um, you know, uh, security as to what you're going to have to come up with to pay each month. So there are some options out there. And as your credit score gets better, you're going to have even better options. You don't have to pick one option and stick with it until you're debt free. You know, you can see what you can qualify for as each, you know, uh, year goes by, you might be able to get a better deal.
1: Yeah, because sometimes these bills come in like you said, you just got hit mm-hmm. with that, that other bill that you weren't you were kind mm-hmm. of surprised about
0: yes, and, and that was you know um about two and a half three years ago yeah. so yeah it's it's something I have to stay on top of you know it's an ongoing thing for me, and uh being organized has really saved my sanity and my <laughs> credit score honestly
1: yeah. <laughs> well it is, is under is there a circumstance where if you own your home, taking
0: out some kind of a second mortgage
1: is a good idea.
0: Uh, You could consider that, uh, you know, but keep in mind that that's a secured loan. You don't want to risk losing your home. Mm -hmm. So if you can do that and get a very low interest rate uh, and you feel confident you're going to be able to, you know, to pay the bill, that's fine. Uh, You know, whatever works for you. But, you know, I prefer that people look into the the lower risk options because so many people going into this, you know, are struggling with their credit because of this debt. Uh, You know, medical debt is one of the top reasons people have to file for bankruptcy. So, you know, trying to tap into your home equity, uh, you know, is a good idea if you still have great credit and you've got, you know, a steady income, you know, you've got job security, which some people don't have right now. Right. Exactly. Um,
1: How do you prevent it from going to collections? I mean, what if you're really struggling? Mm -hmm. You don't want that
0: to happen. Oh yes, absolutely not. I mean, that would just you know add to your financial woes right now, uh, because a good credit score you know helps you save money on so many different uh, things in your life, even health insurance and uh, car insurance, car loans, mortgages. Uh, what you want to do is, and this is where your organization comes in. You know, when you can see that you're not going to be able to pay your bills. I want you to call your provider and work out that payment plan or negotiate for a lower bill altogether. Uh, it's important you take action quickly. Don't wait until it goes into collections. And, you know, and you've got probably about 90 days to 120 days before it might go to collections. Don't wait because once it gets you know, uh, sold to a debt collection company and shows up on your credit report, it's hard to get it off if that information is accurate, so it could be there for seven years, further dragging down your score. You know, the only silver lining there is that after the first two years, it has less impact and there are some credit scores that weigh medical debt differently. Uh, you know, some of them give you a, a pass based on the version used, credit score version used and the amount of debt. But do what you can you know, to prevent it going you know, into debt collections.
1: I can't imagine the stress of dealing with astronomical medical bills while also de- dealing with a serious health threat, which, uh, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. breast cancer right now or or COVID, you've been sick, um, I, you know, that's got yes. to be overwhelming. So beyond the practical mm-hmm. tips that you've given us, do you have any advice on, I mean, how did you get through this? Mm-hmm. How did you maintain your sanity and your emotional health while you were dealing with this? You know,
0: I'm so glad you asked that question because You know, this is a part of uh, breast cancer and medical debt that a lot of people never ask. (laughs) You know, uh, it's so important to have uh, family and friends. You've got to have an emotional support system and call them, let them know what you need. Um, I also practice meditation, and that is something that helped me immensely going through this. I mentioned I'm an optimistic person by nature. Um, And, you know, that helped me get through this as well. Uh, And exercise, exercise, do what you can. I mean, obviously, I couldn't, you know, be lifting weights while I'm recovering from breast cancer, but I could walk. Okay. I did a lot of exercise outside uh, to kind of clear my head and manage my stress. So family and friends are important. Uh, if you can meditate even for five minutes during the day, you'll be surprised. Just some deep breathing is going to help you. And get some exercise. Get outside. Get some exercise. Find an exercise buddy if that's what you need to get out and walk. You know, I've, I've always been fortunate that I love exercise. I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those people. So uh, it was just uh, a relief for me to get out and walk. So, uh, yeah, take care of yourself. Self-care is so important.
1: Beverly, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I'm so happy to hear that you are doing well.
0: I am. Thank you. And, you know, I just want to, you know, make sure people keep this in mind, even during a pandemic. Take care of yourself.
1: And now here are those numbers to call to find out if you qualify for free or low-cost mammograms or pap tests. And they'll also help you find out where you can get screened. In PA, call the state's Healthy Woman Program, that number, 800-215-7494. In Jersey, call the Cancer Education and Early Detection Program at 800-328-3838. And in Delaware, call 211 to reach Screening for Life. These programs are all run out of each state's Department of Health, and you can also find more information about this at cdc.gov. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol McKenzie, and we'll have another episode out soon.